Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, April and Noah Fallon join me to share part two of their incredible journey to adopt their four kids. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name's Tim Elder. This is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption. I'm a dad of three through infant adoption, because, and we're here to really help you, inspire you, and just bring you some hope so you can adopt faster and with more confidence and less headaches. So thanks for joining me today. You know, if you're just starting adoption, you're maybe considering adoption, maybe you're overwhelmed at the thought of adoption or overwhelmed at trying to find an agency because that's kind of one of the first steps that you need to make. It's also one of the most difficult ones to make because the choices just can be overwhelming. You know, there's thousands of agencies to choose from and how do you even know what makes a great agency or who you can trust, how you find an ethical, good agency to work with. I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest things you can do in your life is to adopt and you want to have the right people helping you. So I want to help you through that overwhelm and that confusion to learn how to find and choose the right adoption agency for your journey. So I've created this brand new guide it's called How to Find the Right Adoptions Agency in Four Steps. It's a free resource for you. It's going to help you find, evaluate, and choose the right adoption agency for you. Go to findmyadoptionagency.com. Get that free guide. Get started on your adoption adventure. I know you can do this. All right, so April and Noah Fallon are back to share part two of their stories about how they've adopted four times, just incredible emotional ups and down stories uh, that really will, you'll be amazed as how they finish up telling their story about how they adopt four times. So let's get into the interview with April and Noah Fallon right now. And then we got a call about another little boy, another foster care situation, but in the state of Florida, we jumped on a plane. He had been severely abused. We brought him home and he was diagnosed with RAD. And we had not finalized the adoption. Of course, we wanted him to be our son, but our Colorado agency stepped in and said, we will not finalize this because you have a small baby. Mm. Um, Lily was still under a year and it's very dangerous for her. He was a little, he was like two years old, but he was very aggressive. Mm. Um, And if you know anything about rad, you really can't love the child through. You think you can, you think love fixes everything. And no matter what we tried, it was a devastating moment for us where we thought, oh, my gosh, you know, our church was divided. Half of our church was like, we support you and love you. And we realized this is a foster care situation that didn't work out. And the other half of the church was like, you brought this child home. How could you give up on him? Mm. You know, and our family was divided in the decision. And. But ultimately, what could we do if the agency wasn't going to finalize because they didn't think it was the best interest of our other two children? Then we'd have to find a different agency. So they're all over money-wise, and we just didn't have that money. And so we reached back out to the lawyer in Florida and said, you know, this is a situation our agency also did. And he said, you know, let's see if there's another family that would step in. And immediately there was another family that had an adoption fall through in Ethiopia. It was the weirdest experience, Tim. Because now we're on the other side where we love this child right. and we have to hand him over to the family. And it was like, this is our baby. Then we thought we felt like we were birth parents in a sense, mm-hmm. like protecting this child. And we, you know, and it, were they going to do the best for him? And But it was their happiest day and they're so excited. We were, we were a wreck, weren't we? Total wreck. First time I ever went to therapy and counseling. 
I should have done it years before that, but it was, right. it was, I was such a, you know, a plus B always equals C. This is always going to work out. And so I, I had a really hard time uh, with the entire experience. And well, yeah, that shakes you to your core, especially after all the yeah. other stuff you've been through. Right. And we started to say, why is it so hard? Right. right. Why is it so hard? I mean, we didn't count on this. And, you know, we didn't, you know, we're trying to do what's best for the child. And mm-hmm. ultimately, that was best for the child. They were in the medical field. Um, they had had extensive training in RAD. Oh, wow. um, they had older children that were ready to step in and help parent. And this little boy needed more than ultimately we could give at the time because our kids were so little. Yeah. And it was best for him. And I that changed me too because I think sometimes when things don't work out, we think, how terrible or how, and every, you know, situation is different. I'm, but this was an important lesson for us because now that I talk to people who have been through rad or have had to go through a situation like this, the shame that they feel where they couldn't do it, you know, and, and what they had to go through to get the child to, to where they needed to be was really hard. And I feel like we have stepped into a lot of different other situations and, been there for the parent and said, you know, this is really, really hard, but if this other home is best for the child, then we have to, you have to move forward. You know, we, we've had people say that they have readopted a child, you know, and it actually worked out better. And so we decided that going forward, we wanted to be an open adoption as, you know, these parents and the parents who took this child and adopted him have changed his life, first of all. Secondly, we stayed in a great relationship with them, and we get pictures, and we get updates, and they teach him that these are the people who loved you in Colorado. Mm. These were the people who helped us get you. And that honored us in a way, not these are the people that gave up on you, and then, you know, mm-hmm. th- this was a part of your journey to get you here and we made sure that at that point, like they knew that this was um, severe abuse to the child and that they had the things that they needed to, to really protect the child uh, from extenuating family and from those things that were kind of like, you know, uh, dangerous at this time for this, you know, situation. So, yeah, the healing, I think, really started to take place when the recognition of the timing of having him in our lives, you know, the neglect and abuse that he went through was something that you can't even imagine for a little guy. And to be able to let go of the idea of, well, this has to be final. And and of course this is our son, but allowing to really see that God purposefully put us in his path to get him out of that situation. Um, But ultimately that there was a family that was, was better prepared and could take care of him in a, a much better way than we could ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of healing. And like April said, because that family was also instrumental in saying, thank you, right? Not how dare you, we can't believe you did this, but thank you. It was such an incredibly healing mm-hmm. part of that story. And I think can be, Really, in this adoption community, one of the most powerful things you can do is to not judge and to not, and I'm I'm the first to do it, right? I mean, 
you hear stories all the time of, oh, well, there was this kid who didn't work out and that family gave him up even though I adopted him three years ago and how dare they. I mean, it's so easy to do that. Yeah. But I think, yeah. first of all, there's zero forgiveness. There's no healing at all when that happens. And it just makes things worse, not better. And so that was really where I started to see healing for myself personally, too, is just to say this this happened for a reason maybe I, I never will fully understand, but we were there at the right time to get this little boy the help he needed to find his forever family. Yeah, mm-hmm. now you get to experience openness from, like you said, both sides of it. It's just, uh, I mean, I, I imagine yeah. you never would have thought you would ever be in that situation, but it's, it is incredible no, how no. God worked in, in that way to make it make it happen and, and really provide for him, which is awesome. So at that point, we were so done. We were like, sorry, AJ. <laughs> I'm sure you were. <laughs> we just can't do this anymore. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we have two children, and that is, we're good, and we're going to be thankful. And then a few months later, we get a call from the birth mother who, remember, uh, loves Noah. Oh, and um, the dad took the baby. Yep. So she calls us and says, I'm pregnant again. Will you take this baby? Oh and we're goodness. like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> you have no idea what we've been through. Yeah. And, uh, no. And she said, no, no, no. I, I, want, I really believe that this is your baby, and um, I'll do all the paperwork beforehand, which in the state of Florida, you can get the birth dad to sign before. Um, he was in agreement. And then we basically were like, no way. You're yeah, not, you're not going to do this. You're going to pull another. Right. We love you and we want to support you in in parenting, but we can't go on this journey with you. So she's like, fine, but I'm going to do the paperwork anyways. Um, so I, basically, I'll call you when I deliver. <laughs> oh, no. So she would text me and she'd text me updates, and I just wasn't really engaged in in the process. And then she said, I am going to have an emergency C-section. Will you fly out? And our attorney said. You know, she's done all the paperwork. In my office, she's done all the paperwork. So if she doesn't place with you and she de- decides to place, you know, I have other families, but she, she wants you. So AJ and I decide that we're going to fly out there. Poor kid. <laughs> um, and we do. And she, we go and we, we talk to her and she's like, yep, tomorrow I'm going in. And she ends up going in early she's in the hospital. I call Noah. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but get, get out here. <laughs> get Lily and come out. So he gets on an overnight flight. He flies in. Um, she's being induced. And I, I say, you know what? I'm going to go back to the hotel. Call me, you know, thinking, what is, is this really our baby? She calls me. She's delivering. I rush to the hospital right as the baby's being born. And they you know, clean up the baby. They are wrapping the baby. They go to give the baby to her. And she says, I'm not the mom. And the nurse looks at me and she says, that's the mom. And I am crying because the gift of that moment was just beyond me. I mean, I just couldn't believe that I was the first one to hold her and that, you know, that was her moment. That's her time with the baby. And I wasn't going to, step on that at all. I was just there because she called me and, and to think that she handed that baby to me. I mean, Mm. it was an instant bond Mm. between Vivi and I 
Um, it was an instant moment between the birth mom and I, who really did. I didn't even feel like she liked me, you know, and at that point, I don't know what happened in our relationship, but um, she let me speak for her when the doctors came in and, you know, these women are on Medicaid, a lot of these women in Florida and these doctors treat them so terribly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you are not going to talk to her. I remember one time I said, you will not talk to her like that. And she's like, she called me Miss April. Miss April? She just couldn't <laughs> believe it. And, you know, I realized that no one had ever done that for her. Yeah. No one had stood up for her. That in this brokenness, she hadn't had parents that stood up that were there. You know, no one showed up at the hospital for her. Not even the birth dad, in her case. She's one of 27 children. She is, yeah. She comes from a family of multiple wives and um, one dad, multiple wives. And, and so here I was, like, the opportunity to really love her and get the medical care that she needed. And for her and I, everything changed in that moment. And she let me stay in the hospital with her. And I cared for the baby. She took one picture with Vivi. And then she, you know, Noah came and we took pictures and she left. Hmm. And we had this beautiful baby that was very, very tiny with a full head of hair. <laughs> and we named her Olivia just because of the olive, it means olive branch. And, and the scripture we used for her was that after the storm mm. that Noah got an olive branch from God. And that just felt like, that's it. I'm yep. crying. Sorry, I'm sorry, but it just felt like, gosh, you've been through so much. And yeah. peaceful mm-hmm. baby. Wow. It was the first baby. It was the first baby too, that we brought home that didn't have, Issue, you know, any yeah, scare of whether it's, Right. Missing a part of the brain, having to, to detox from drugs or severe abuse. I mean, it was, what was it, two days? Three days. Yeah. It was, I mean, everything was easy. Yeah. And that, that, after that, it was after like we that, brought her yeah. home. She ate great. She slept great. She was adorable. She, we call her Vivi, Vivi Joy. And, um, you know, Lily was a little bent out of shape about her. She didn't know. <laughs> she wasn't liking that because yeah. AJ really said God answered my prayer because he has the same hair as me and he really loved I mean he loved both girls but he really really helped us with Vivi and he was only what five um so we were done and we started we were like we have so much to tell the world yeah now you really are done you're starting a podcast (laughs) I went to channel four I'm like listen I want to start you know a program I talked to the general manager. I said, let's just do a a pilot. Let's see how it goes. You know, we want a voice. We think adoption needs a voice. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, I think that's great. Let's do it. We did a 30 minute show. And he said, I had no idea how many people were interested in adoption, not just people who are involved, but people who just love to hear about babies finding Mm -hmm. homes, you know? So we started growing our audience that way. And then um, podcast came because people wanted to hear the show after it aired. And so we just said, oh, I don't know what to do with that. And then somebody said, make it a podcast. We're like, what does that mean? And so went into the podcast world, but it was a radio show that was a podcast on iTunes and just went from there. And we were happy. We were telling stories. We were learning. We had birth parents on the story or on the show telling their stories. It was amazing learning and growing. And then we get a call that our birth mom is pregnant again. Mm. And we're like, oh my God, <laughs> no, 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 no. We, there's no way that we can do this again. <laughs> um, but we found the most amazing lawyer. And 
One of the stories that April had told early on when she was doing the radio show was a family that had fostered how many 50 plus kids and had adopted Mm -hmm. multiple kids as well. And they specifically had told us that they learned very early on, if you can ever keep biological siblings together, you have to do it. And so that kept resonating as much as we both were like, we can't do this Mm -hmm. financially. We can't do it. Um, emotionally, I don't know if we can really do it. I, I think at one point we were a hundred percent. No, we're not going to do this. We just, we can't. And that story kept kind of coming back up and coming back up. Like you got to do whatever mm-hmm. it takes to, to keep- but then I interviewed a family who adopted 13 children. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's not true. They have 13 children. They adopted 12, uh, 11. I think they had, yes. no, no, no. They adopted 10. And she adopted a sibling group from the DRC. And the DRC said, you can only have two. And it was a sibling group of three. Mm. And they said, just pick the two you want. And she's like, I cannot separate these girls. So she went and lived in the DRC. She left her other children and she went and left and she fought and fought until she could bring these three girls home. And she eventually did it. But she's telling me the story, and I'm thinking, this woman has given up her life to live in another country to keep siblings together. And I started praying about it, and both of us were like, we can go to, and get this baby. And it cost us $25,000. So don't think because it's designated that they hand you a baby, and it's, it still costs us a ton of money, which people don't understand. Yeah, yeah. That's hard but for people to wrap their brain I around. I will tell you what. I, and I did, I told the story like in real time. I did live when we went to Florida. Uh, We had a lot of things going on at the time because, you know, birth mom had picked up uh, some bad habits and um, we had to hire another attorney and that attorney actually saved the whole adoption. Christine Thurman, I always recommend her. She's amazing. If you want to adopt a baby from Florida, she is amazing. She's a, saint. Uh, she's a saint. She really is. And she, you know, when, when our birth mom went into labor, she went to the hospital and she held that baby till I got there. I mean, what oh, wow. attorney does that? Really? And she just made it happen. And I cannot tell you what our lives would be without Malia Kate. She <laughs> is the joy of our home. And everyone agrees with that. She, she just is the one that brought everybody together. And she's funny and she's wild and she's, she's incredibly loving. Um, I just think we were thinking, oh, we want to bring the siblings together for Vivi's sake. But what a gift this child has been to us. Mm-hmm. And so we have four. It's just amazing to hear as you're going through all of these and the, the ups and downs. I mean, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, but you've answered it all the way throughout is how has faith played a part in your journey? But I mean, faith was such an integral part of your journey. I mean, to the point of, I mean, God showing you a sign, a billboard to just uh, all these threads throughout your story where, yeah, bad things happened, really bad things happened. And then God uses those. He pulls good out of it and it constantly pulls good out of it and constantly is working in your lives. And so, and it, and it takes you to have that faith 
to receive it and to receive the grace and to be open to the grace to to accept the good that's going to come out of the bad. So that uh, that's just amazing throughout all your stories. So I applaud you for really having the faith to do that, and it's a uh, it's an incredible incredible journey for your your four through seven. Just uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know you go through a lot more detail in your podcast. Uh, you certainly do. And I encourage anybody listening to this, go and listen to those because you're going to hear uh, even more uh, emotion and more parts of the story and just uh, just amazing stuff. And the great part of what you do, your story, and then telling the stories through your podcast is people that are not going through it or haven't gone through their journey yet can start to realize what to expect because when you write when you jump into the infant option you have no idea like you did you when you started you have no idea what to expect but you hear these stories and you start to go okay this could happen this could happen this could happen but and this is how i could start to try to be prepared can't be prepared for everything but you can start to try to be prepared so i love your the way you tell the story and the experiences you've shared is just amazing and uh i'm sure rewarding at this point when you have your your four yeah it really is i mean now we're really tired <laughs> <laughs> yes yes well, uh, but i to... always say on my on the uh-huh. podcast that uh i'd rather be tired than be longing for a child sure and and i some some people go through infertility that have told their stories and then all of a sudden they get I had one lady that she adopted and then did surrogacy and she ended up having two children, basically like Irish twins. So she went from nothing to having these two babies. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, I'm so tired, but it's a joyful tired. Mm. It's it's not that grief that I was in. And I, I can attest to that, that, you know, it's not easy and we're an interracial family and it is not easy, but, it is a joy. These children are amazing. And uh, it was a calling for us. And it was a knowing that we had to do what was set before us. And everyone kept saying, why do you keep saying yes to everything? Because that's <laughs> what God told us to do. He said, say yes. Mm-hmm. And there is not one time that we said yes, that he did not teach us something so amazing. That he did not show up in a way that maybe not is, you know, didn't save us from pain or didn't save us from money loss, but he taught us something so deep about himself. And that's what I find with people who start the journey is you're going to be a different person when you Mm. come out of this on the other side, once you get your baby, but you're going to know something about the heart of God that you did not know before. I think somebody listening to this might go, how do you know when you say yes, and you just, God's telling you this. How do you know God's telling you this? I think some people that may not have, uh, well, I don't know, just may struggle with their faith and want to say yes, but how do they know that God's really telling them to do this? How did you really know God was telling you to do this? You just had that feeling or through your prayer? I would yeah. say yeah. Because <laughs> there were some times that from an emotional perspective, it was pretty easy, right? Yeah, this is what we feel like we're supposed to do, and then mm-hmm. it worked out. There are other times, absolutely not, right? Emotionally, it was like, this is the last thing we want to do. <laughs> like, when we were driving up the interstate of Florida, we were both emotionally completely drained and mm-hmm. done, and thought, 
how can this get any worse? And people said, You'll, the peace of God will precede you. You will feel peace. We did not feel peace. No, no. But, we then, didn't. But, then, but then we see the big giant billboard. <laughs> I think, you know, it's the, the, the cliche, you, you hear pastors say it all the time, that God doesn't promise that you won't go through storms. He promises right. that he will be with you as True. you go through them. And I think the last thing I want to do is portray this idea that oh my gosh, these guys have such amazing faith, and if only we could, it has nothing to do right. with our own faith. And I think there are times, you know, even now, that our faith isn't enough, right? Our, our, our faith that we can stir up from the natural is not enough. And so without having that experience of when has God shown up in the past and being able yeah. to go back to those times to remind us, Hey, it may not feel right. It may not seem like God is answering us or that he's doing what we're asking him to do. But do you remember these times? Right. Now, the Israelites did it all the time. Right. So why would we not continue to try to remember? And I think that's one of my favorite parts, even as we're telling the story mm-hmm. again, is to be able to say, you know, God, God is good. And, Man, that's hard to say sometimes because in the midst of a storm, it can be really, really challenging. And so it's not to say, oh, look at our faith and look at what we've been able to do, but look who God is and look what he can do. And I think that for us, you know, I tell people that have struggled with infertility and they're like, great, like adoption's my plan B. And you know what? Maybe it was always plan A, or maybe it is your plan B. It doesn't really matter what plan it was. If you want a baby and this is an option for you, then it becomes your calling (laughs) and you got to be in it to win it. And so ultimately it's for children. What we realized our calling was is we thought we were in it to, you know, bring home the babies and it was all about the babies and being parents. And what we realized is that our calling was more to step in to the situation mm-hmm. and we had to yield to that and i think when we started to yield to that and go i don't really know if willie's going to be our daughter but i know that these birth parents trust us and so we're going to show up because no one else can step into our place right now we've come along on this journey and i don't know we might go home with loss but we've done the best that we can to love everybody in the situation and do what is right and so that's how we kind of stayed in everything. It's like with the, the little boy that we brought home that didn't become our son, that was really, really hard. And we would have said our calling was to adopt him. But no, our calling was just to say yes and be in it. And so if you struggle with infertility and your next choice is adoption, then guess what? If this is what you want, then your, your calling is in there and you want to be a part of it. And you will learn and you will grow. Because I talk to people every day that struggle with this. Through your grief of infertility, you you will be a part of somebody else's journey and somebody else's life. God never gives us grief and loss so that we can be isolated. I always find it bleeds into somebody else's story, connects us to other people, and helps us go deep within ourselves to love somebody and to help somebody. And in turn, that like creates this like great what we call silver lining. Right. Like I have had so many people come on my show and say, we struggle with infertility. And I was actually mad that I had to adopt. Like, I didn't want this. This is not what I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, and like, it's not a calling. It's my basically like, this is my lot in life. And I, 
And then they go through the process and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so weird for me to say this, but infertility was a gift Mm -hmm. because I got to know this person and then I got this baby and then like, you know, all these things happened. The story wasn't over just with the infertility. And I'm not to say to take away from the grief because I, I understand that, but I guess where we felt like our calling was, um, was just to say yes to God and then realize we are going to learn and grow and be blessed in the midst of it. And we have been. Yeah. I think that's the important part of what you, the huge part of what you said there is, and what I, I guess we've discovered too, is when you walk into infertility and, and adoption, you're, you're kind of feeling like it's about you. I want a baby. I want to build our family. I want to be a dad. I want to be a mom. And then when you start the process and you start going through it and you realize what it's all about, it's it's really about the child. And it's about loving that child and about loving their birth family and about right. just yep. what what God's going to do with it. Yeah, I get to be a part of the story. Exactly. And and I I feel like that with my kids too. You know, we got to be a part of their story. We got to raise you. We get to know you and be in your lives. And that's such a great honor that we try never to take for granted. You know, it costs us everything, everything to become parents. Mm-hmm. And through that, I get to understand these four little people and where they came from. We get to celebrate different cultures. We get to understand their backgrounds. I get to tell my story to them. You know, I get to say I didn't grow up with a dad and I can, you know, but then they have this story and then we just connect with our stories. It's just crazy to me how much I've grown interviewing so many different families and how it made my story valuable. Right. You have a story and you you have adopted him and your story is valuable to your children. Like what you have gone through is not a waste. All of a sudden, God brings it back up, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to use part of my story right now to talk to my son about, you know, racism. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use part of my story to talk about, you know, his story is going to help my story. I just think that that's the power of storytelling and knowing your calling. You know, there are people that I do say you shouldn't adopt. <laughs> <laughs> I do say that. <laughs> If the if the husband does not want to do yes. it, many times it's the husband. Yeah. If the husband is like, no way, no, then it's not time to adopt. Nope. Yeah, I agree. If you have just lost your baby, it's you, not time to adopt. You have to heal from that one. And, you know, if you've just miscarried, then heal from that. It's not it's not time to adopt. If you refuse to even think about open adoption it's not time to adopt. If you feel like you cannot tell your child the truth about their story at any time and you do not want them to talk about adoption at all, in fact, you want to pretend that you didn't adopt them and they were your naturally born child, don't adopt. You know, those are the types of situations. And I'm not saying forever. I'm just saying until you can grow and embrace those things, um, and I also tell people, too, if there's one last bit of advice that they know, and I would say to anyone, if in the midst of it, it brings up issues um, that you have, whether it's through parenting or with your own parents or through your marriage, do not be afraid to go to therapy. We openly share that, that we had a period of time where we were on completely different pages. 
and we grieved in different ways and we thought things we saw God differently and we needed therapy to come back together and work through those issues. Professional. Yes. Professional. And and not to say that, you know, church doesn't have good people, but, and also don't be discouraged if the first person you go to isn't the right person for you. There are many, many good therapists and counselors out there. And I think a lot of times people will say, well, I, I tried one and it didn't work. Well, try another one, try a third. Because there are people out there that can really, really help. So glad you guys say that because I think it is often overlooked. Like, I'm not crazy. I don't need help. I can handle this. I can keep power through this. I can do it on my own. And, you know, sometimes you just can't. So I I, I applaud you for doing that because I think it, it really helps knowing these people did it. They needed help. It's okay if I need help. Yeah. Yeah. You're bringing a lot of different things in. You're stepping into a lot of different worlds you know we stepped into the drug world we didn't know that world Mm -hmm. that that's a whole different spiritual realm that we did not understand we brought some of that chaos upon us because we got involved right and and that takes a lot out of you when you say yes to a situation you don't really know what spiritual warfare you're getting involved with and you need prayer warriors and you need and sometimes you just you get your butt kicked and it's like stuff that you just is well beyond you. I mean, I had drug dealers calling me in the middle of the night, screaming at me for money. I had never in my life had people screaming at me for heroin money. You know, like, how do I deal with this? Right. And so saying like, oh, I can just handle it. It just got beyond like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I just need to talk to somebody and, and say, this is really overwhelming to me. And help me walk through that. You know, and, and so that's my advice. And not everybody gets into these crazy situations, but I'm just saying that we we don't want to limit the element of the spiritual warfare that goes into adoption. And yeah. we are here for, for families to pray for. Um, we get lots of, and I'm sure you do too, Tim, and love praying for people. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of messages where people just say, can you just pray for me? Will you Absolutely. Just, will you just support me? And we are there also to do that. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's a huge, there is a lot of support needed. And I think that's also overlooked in the adoption world. And you, you can get it through Facebook. We have, we have our own Facebook support group. We, I mean, I love having people on there and you certainly can pour out your heart there, but if you can find and you need some local person to person support too, you've got to have that, uh, in your life. Um, so I would, I always tell people that too, to find out, find someone locally that you have been there, done that, or, or at least can help support you through this, through your journey, because you're going to need it. You're absolutely going to need it. And I appreciate you saying that not everybody goes through the craziest that we did. And I certainly don't want to, anybody listening to this go, Oh my goodness, there's no way I'm going to be able to adopt these people who went through the gamut. I cannot do that. No, 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 no. That's, uh, there are stories like this. You definitely have, uh, extraordinary stories that you've been through to bring your babies home. And they're not all like that. So I appreciate you saying that. I agree with that, too. It's a fine line of, like, we don't want to talk you out of adoption. <laughs> yes. We want to encourage you, we want to prepare you, but yes. we don't want to scare you. Yeah. It's, it is good to go in with your eyes wide open because you got to know how to handle some of these things that, are, that could crop up and could affect how you build your family through adoption. Well, I want to... Um, just commend you for your your podcast. I love love your stories, and I know you're you're you want to talk about a little bit of your rebranding. Um, yet right now, your podcast is a, is called Adoption Now, and April, you're the primary host, correct? So if you search for 
Adoption Now, April Fallon, you'll find what you're doing and where you're at, correct? Yes, that is correct. They're still on iTunes, really, wherever you listen to podcasts still. But we are rebranding and going under a different platform um, within the next couple months. So look for us. You can't release the name yet, but you can still find us under April Fallon. And we will continue telling stories, uh, bringing the community together, and continue our mission. Absolutely, because the adoption world needs you with the amazing stories and everything you've been through and then bringing other people on to share their stories. It's a huge, huge benefit for the adoption world. So I hope you do continue doing it for a long time. And you guys have such special, amazing hearts. Uh, Your kids are blessed to have you, and I know vice versa. They're uh, just amazing to hear God working through you and and your journey. So... uh, can I ask if you're done adopting now, or is, or you, did you already tell me you're done? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Home study is closed. Oh, uh, and if I don't believe you. If it was up you. to AJ, we'd have like yes. 10, 10 more. <laughs> yes. AJ wants all the, oh. all the babies. Well, I hope, uh, and it sounds like he may have some uh, impact on your podcast upcoming. Uh, uh, that would be really cool to hear his stories as he grows up uh, with you guys. I had my daughter on. She's now a teenager, so we've been talking about having her on the show, and I had her on a couple episodes ago, and it was really, really fun, really cool to hear her just share her heart about how she, what she's learned about adoption, what how she feels about being an adoptee, and how she's grown up with her oh my siblings. Gosh, awesome. So, I want to yeah. have her on the show. Oh, she was, she was fun. I'd uh, have you and her on. We had like uh, five minutes of bloopers at the end because she was just cracking up so much. I had to put some bloopers at the end of the show, which I never <laughs> do, but it was so funny. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Uh, man, I could probably ask you about a thousand more questions and maybe we'll have to have you on again to, as you continue to share your, your wisdom and your stories uh, through others. Cause I know you're learning a lot by um, experiencing other people's stories. So I appreciate all your time. You guys are great storytellers. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, My pleasure. All right. Just amazing, incredible stories there from April and Noah. Uh, wow. They're good. They're great storytellers and they're, amazing stories and i hope you got a lot of that of a lot of hope from their stories a lot of inspiration from their stories a lot of understanding of of the adoption world uh of, of how they worked through their adoption and their faith has helped carry them through their adoption and god led them through their adoption it's just an amazing journey amazing adventure so uh, if you enjoyed the show and you enjoyed this podcast i would encourage you to go over to itunes and leave a real honest review about what you think of the show. You can go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash iTunes, or while you're on the iTunes uh, page or in the app, it's pretty easy to leave a review. So I encourage you to do that. It helps more people find the the podcast and share it with the world because there's a lot of great stuff uh, for folks to listen to. So and while you're at infantadoptionguide.com, I invite you to get some of the free stuff I have for you. Just enter your name and email. I'll send you some free guides and get you going. And go over to findmyadoptionagency.com as well. Get started on how to find your adoption agency. Great stuff there to you, all free. So thanks for listening. Until next time, you're in my prayers as you go on the journey to build your family through infant adoption. God bless.
Thanks for listening to my dad.